Greetings fake horse racing fans, welcome back to the newest, the hottest, the coolest, the insert adjective of your choice hereist, Sim Horse Racing Podcast. This is the morning line, where we talk about fake horses and forget about the real world. Are we qualified to do this? No, but we're going to do it anyway. I'm Nene Hunter. And I'm Mary Jade Vess. That is correct, you are Mary Jade Vess. <laughs> and you are Nene Hunter. <laughs> I'm happy to be with you here tonight again, because you're the best. Me too. I love doing Aww. this. I love doing it it's too. A, it's a good time. Yeah, it's like one of the highlights of my week. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go and uh, tell my parents that um, I'm recording a podcast about fake horses and chat with one of my closest friends. There you go. About it. I tell my dogs to please don't not bark, but then they always do and I have to cut it out. <laughs> so, right. yeah. One day I'm just going to leave it in and, and people are just going to be, they're just going to be subject subjected to what i have to live through every day oh yeah <laughs> which is four dogs just going nuts at all hours of the day i i adore that i think we should have a special podcast where you just uh tell everybody about your dogs oh yeah because people i bet would love that i i would and frankly that's that's all you need yeah true there you go but we're not talking about the dogs today sadly even though i would love nothing more we're talking about the saudi cup and once again, we're super prepared for this. That is correct. We did our we're homework. Also, we're also going to look at the... We're going to look at mixers for the first time. We're going to do the Arabian race. Um, apologies in advance before. for butchering the names. Have we not looked at mixers before? I feel like we have. Like I don't at least think we one. have. I want to say we have. Like, maybe I, once. Huh. I don't know. Sorry, rip to mixer people. I promise, though... This won't be the last Soon. time this year. Yeah, I promise. This is something that we're going to expand into. And between the two of us, Mara's the authority on mixers. Because at least you run, like, a couple of them. I, I have, have one quarter horse. I mean, you're way more active in them than I am. So you'll be the authority on, okay. on this. Only one of us has a Hall of Fame mixer and it ain't me. I, You know what? <laughs> What a valid point to construct. <laughs> to point out, not to construct. It already existed. You didn't need to construct it. Anyway, let's get right to it, shall we? Okay. Um, I guess I'll I'll start. Uh, we're looking at the Saudi Arabian Classic that's run in Saudi Arabia. I don't know why I felt the need to be redundant there, but just going to go with it. All of these races are at Saudi Arabia <laughs> race <are>. course. <laughs> Every single one of them. That's why they have um, the prefix Saudi in them. Because they're in Saudi Arabia. Did you know that? Fun fact. I bet you didn't know that. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna go down. The Next, dance. you're gonna tell me the sky's blue. It is. Oh the sky god. is blue. That's a mirror for Steven Saratoga. That's true. That is true. Okay, back to what we're actually supposed to be talking about. This is a field of seven. I'm assuming it's a quality field of seven because I honestly don't really know what a quality uh, Arabian horse looks like because I don't know how purse distributions are supposed to look. I can assume that this is a, a giant purse in Arabian racing. None of these horses have earned over $800,000. Uh, the richest horse in this field is a five-year-old for Polk Buffalo named Yaboki by Legacy of Charlie out of a damn whose name I'm not going to pronounce, out of the visionary. And this guy has to be the favorite. Like, I'm looking at him. He looks good. Coming in off of three grade 
not three not three grade ones in a row wins in a row the last race was an allowance race but two back-to-back grade one wins with 98s and then prepped for this beautifully in an allowance race off of only like a week and three days rest from the stewards cup but we know with break and everything it's all strange and whatnot but regardless i think this horse comes in perfectly prepared probably your favorite here what a nice horse for polk buffalo polk one of the your favorite you're gonna call this horse the favorite you're not gonna mention the undefeated horse who's Shoot, never run. See, this is why <laughs> you see this is I, i'm just keeping the audience on their toes I, I i'm just keeping the, listening uh, to I, race, like what is she talking about i am okay who listens to this podcast that's in this race i don't know if any of the owners who are in this race listen to the podcast you're welcome to tell me who you are um i'm i'm sorry i was just telling you before we came on the air that i don't know how to read and that my reading comprehension has been going backwards since i hit the age of like 18 i used to be able to read at like the college level when i was young and now it's like i read at like a second grade level and yet you still got into pa school i don't know how that happened (laughs) you guess you don't need to read know how to read to, to do medicine stuff okay but yes, you know what? I, I'm, I'm going to stand by that. Yaboki is the favorite. Um, clear second choice in the betting. Note the sarcasm in my voice. Is Dito for Laura Ferguson, a wonderful uh, four-year-old Bay Philly. She is undefeated. Uh, undefeated in seven starts. That means she has run in seven races and won all seven of them. Ran against boys <laughs> to last out. Yeah, she did. She did run against uh, the boys. Did not go to the Stewart's Cup, which I think is interesting. I'm not sure if that's like something that happens in this division, but I feel like that's the thing that every owner aspires to. So maybe Laura was just kind of campaigning with this race in mind. Regardless, she comes in off of a big, a uh, really big win in that race. She looks really good. And you know what? Yeah, probably the favorite, but I'm just going to keep telling myself she's a clear second choice to make myself feel better after the debacle that just happened. Okay. Are you entertained? Yeah, I'm pretty entertained. Not gonna lie. <laughs> I've done my job then. <clears throat> and here's also a Benazir for Anku Khan coming in off of a barrier trial walkover. Before that was the winner of the Stewards Cup Arabian Distaff. Nice, nice mare. Earnings of almost $700,000. Akoya is also here for Christophe Desardin. Has not won a race since week 11 of last year, but was third in the Stewart's Cup Arabian Classic behind the aforementioned Yaboki. This is also a nice animal with almost $300,000 in earnings. Uh, other uh, horses of note include the Ice Knight for Teaku Downs. And Polk Buffalo decided to ship two other horses here, Mighty Tofu, who I am in love with because of the name, and Siki Nishimoto to keep Yakobi, Yaboki company. Because maybe Yaboki is lonely and didn't want to travel by himself. <laughs> um, so I don't really understand Arabians, but are is every single dam by the visionary? <laughs> like, <laughs> In breeding, I don't know her. I don't know <laughs> yeah. her. You're See, you're not even joking. Every single every single dam in this race is by the by the visionary. You weren't kidding. Oh my gosh. No, I wasn't kidding. I'm, I was just scrolling through. I'm like the visionary, the visionary. Huh. Interesting. Okay. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna make. I'm not gonna go for an obvious joke here. Never mind. Anyway, who do you think? Who who's who do you have in your try? The uh, clear second choice, I think, wins this. <clears throat> so I don't. That doesn't sound like you have any conviction to me. You don't say uh-huh. that. 
you don't sound very convincing. I don't think you really think that. Okay, Nini, whatever you say. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna say Dido, Dido, whatever that one. Laura Ferguson, homebred. That one, the one who's undefeated. Um, and then I am going to go uh, with Benazir. I think the Phillies, the the girls are gonna fill out the the try, and then or the exacta, and then uh, Yaboki in third. Yaboki. Yaboki, yeah. Yaboki. I think Yaboki wins this. You know, clear cut, uh, head and shoulders favorite. Perfect. Uh, the perfect horse. I do think. He Why wins is this, this the battle you choose to fight? <laughs> Uh, I'm sure there are going to be many more battles for the rest of this podcast. Uh, <sighs> Yaboki, uh, honestly, in all seriousness, I think he comes in off of the best pattern, including uh, Dito. That's kind of insane, coming in off of a 98, 98, 96. Maybe he's going to bounce, but if he was going to bounce, I think it would have happened a start or two back. And clearly, he doesn't know what that is right now. So I'm going to pick him. I do think he is uh, uh, the best in form out of this group. Uh, Dito, I think she will finish second. She is extremely impressive. She has run uh, extremely high-speed figures before, including 199 in the two starts before her last one. But I think that uh, y- Yaboki has been beating uh, better quality horses than she has overall. But then again, of course, Dito has not uh, had as long a career as he has, was facing mostly age-restricted things last year. And then in third, uh, I'm going to go with Benazir Franku. All right the end very nice okay well that's the mixer section of this wrapped up so that train wreck can be left behind i know uh, we, next up wait i oh, know we, i'm sorry i know we said we weren't going to talk about it but i think we should acknowledge the situation that is the saudi distaff stakes yeah there's two entries in there i mean like and they're both pete vela homebreds like what's wrong with that that race has always been like it's been it's existed for two years and i think it only draws like five every year okay but it's a very undersubscribed race but i guess i i don't know it's kind of just a weird race maybe it's because it's week four and i don't know i don't know where i'm going with this maybe people like to come in after the stewards cup with the phillies week two because it's not i mean week three because it's not like they're going to a pegasus distaff if you have a nice philly either you like to run her in uh the the granddaddy of them all or you wait till week three so maybe that's why who knows anyway pete vela has pretty young thing and you're still here you're still here question mark you're still here you're still here i am still here but i don't know if uh you're still here we'll still be here after if more entries draw anyway all of that long story short tldr uh there are two horses they're both owned by pete i don't know if people like just never got the memo that we have a show to record that they should enter their horses maybe people didn't nominate Maybe that's another one. Because I think you did. You have to nominate to be part of Saudi. You do. You, you do have to nominate. Yeah. <clears throat> Could you imagine if that race goes off with two horses? I don't it think it will. No. Yeah. No way. But it'd be funny. Okay. It'd be funny. Moving on. Moving on. Um. Next up is the Saudi Turf Marathon. One point five million dollars. Uh. Up for grabs. Going two miles on the turf. This one. The big name in here is Mule El Hassan, who. Uh, has earned over $5 million in 15 starts. He was, like, crazy good as a two- and three-year-old. I think he'd only lost once when he entered it into his four-year-old campaign. Four-year-old campaign only had one win. That was last out. He was second in the ARC, uh, third in the King George Stakes, second in the London Cup. He was third in this race last year. 
behind Manic and Longbird, neither of which are here. Longbird's obviously retired, and I think Manic is elsewhere, maybe? I don't know. Um, another one that's another uh, few millionaires in here. We have Voyage, who was a little bit of a surprise in the Pegasus, I'd say. Um, he was fourth in the Stewart's Cup turf. Before that, he'd won the Louisville Bunbury, so I guess maybe it's not a huge surprise. He just wasn't super consistent. Uh, but it is obviously hard to stay consistent at this kind of level when you're running against this type of quality uh, of field every time. Uh, Navy ship for Glen Escobar is another millionaire in here. Old old guy, seven years old. Uh, he won two back, a grade three. Uh, he's kind of been weird <laughs> the last ten races. Only has two wins. Has been running in grade one company for quite a bit of that time, though. Uh, another millionaire in here, when I definitely looked at this before we started recording, is Light Out. And I gotta say that this one, like, didn't go to the Stewards Cup, so it ha- I didn't even know this horse existed, to be honest with you. One of the most undercover millionaires. This horse is eight for nine lifetime and has won five straight grade ones. And the only one he didn't win was a non-winners of two which that's just kind of strange to me um his only loss also was super random like imagine winning your debut with a 92 and then your owner is like i'm gonna go the conservative route instead of running you into stakes and then he just kind of bombs with a 75 in that and then wins literally every single race after that with a 90 or better that's crazy that's wild anyway mm-hmm. funny horses yeah Another one uh, that's in here is Dan and Glorious. This one was, I remember, was a pretty big name at two. And then he kind of sucked last year. He only had one win. Um, And then he came back and decided he was going to start running for real. And ran and won in the uh, Belarus Turf Cup, which is a grade two with a 99 by over three lengths. So that's cool. Polk Buffalo also brings in Golden Satino, who hasn't won in a while. <laughs> hasn't won in his last 10 starts for sure. Um, only has run an 84 in his career. We'll see if this one stays in. I'll be surprised if he does, to be honest. And the last one in this field is Stranger Crusaders for Cleopatra, who comes in off a win in the vernacular stakes, was 12th of 14 in the Stewards Cup turf. But... Uh, is a multiple grade one stakes winner. He was second in the Everest and then won the Australian Derby and Melbourne Derby. So has done a lot of great running in the South Pacific. And that's your field. So for my picks, (laughs) I am going to go with... Hmm. I was going to say light out, but he's never run at this distance before. Uh, He won the English St. Ledger at a mile and three quarters, so I... I think he could get the distance, but I'm going to go with Moulay Al-Hassan, who won at this distance in his last start. And then he only ran an 89, so I think that's going to be a, a good little prep for him. Uh, second, I'll go with... <clears throat> ah, all good. I'll go with Dan and Glorious for Danny Derby, and then I'll put Light Out in third. I have the same horses that you have, but in a different order. I'm going to go Light Out on top. I think he's really good, and Melissa's been hiding him. I uh, think he would have been a major player in like the ARC and the Stewart's Cup turf because he's super, super good, I think. And I think that this is a good field, but it's not a super strong, crazy field that we see a lot of the time in the turf races. So I think he has every chance to grab this. Muley El Hassan, I think, is going to be his biggest threat. But 
I love the horse. I love the guy, but he has had issues with consistency recently in his career. So, I mean, not like issues with consistency. I say when he's gone third, second, third, second, first. Doesn't but, win all the time. Exactly. Thank you for saying what I was trying to. So I'm not yeah, sure. Very I'm, honest horse, but just doesn't win. Yeah. And yeah, Den and Glorious popped off last time. I'll put him in third. All right. Cool. Next up. It's the Gotta Go Fast race. Uh, the Saudi Sprint at five furlongs. Must advance quickly. Must advance quickly. Uh, standouts in here. There are three millionaires, first of which is Alakazam for Donnie Hidalgo. This horse is really good. Came in second in the Stewart's Cup Sprint behind the fantastic Philly Pretty Sad. Uh, did win the Pegasus Sprint last year. Is a multiple grade one winner. This is just a really nice horse with a really nice pedigree. Bred by the Steward. Excellent. Uh, Donnie got him kind of on the cheap side as well for $1.1 million, so that's really, really nice. Lord Prism is another horse who's kind of been around the block a couple of times. This is one for Gavin Guile, also bred by the Steward. He is coming off of a nice win in the Pegasus Sprint. Going to try and continue his dominance over uh, the division this year. He's no stranger to the spotlight. We talked about last time how he did win the two-year-old Sprint Champs as a two-year-old and kind of did not become the dominating force that a lot of people thought he might be. Still excellent, but here he is trying to become that force to be even more reckoned with. And turn the tables uh, for Pete Vela. Finished second last out in the Pegasus Sprint. Did win a grade one at two. A nice horse, but is sort of newer to the major uh, dirt route. Dirt route, pardon me. Dirt sprint scene. Others in here include a Grey Ghost for Emily Mitchell, who's coming off of to be frank, two not-so-great performances. Last one was in a listed stakes week 14 of last year. Is a multiple graded stakes winner, though. You also have Here Comes the Sin, talking about this podcast. Here Comes the Sin for Chris Barber. Uh, by If Looks Good, out of the Nice Mare Sensational, one of listed stakes last out. Has failed to win a grade one grade three. Four, though. Grade three. A grade three. A listed, not a listed, it's a grade three. Uh, <laughs> She has not won a grade one yet, was second in a Stewart's Cup race a couple of years back when she was two. And then you got Known to Stare for the former Dirt Sprint Titan, Abe Froman, who has not really been around recently. Hope all is well and good with Abe, wishing him nothing but the best. Hope he can return to the sim in the fullest capacity. Uh, this filly here has not won since week seven of last year, coming off of a barrier trial win, though. So maybe that re uh, reinvigorates him a little bit. That'd be cool. It'd be cool to see Abe uh, win another good big one. His last major win was year 52. I did not think it was. I thought it had been longer. But yeah, that, that's that's the field. I like Lord Prism here. I think he's he's good. He's always been good. He always shows up, I think. He doesn't ever have a where-do-you-go kind of performance. So I'm going to pick him to win here. I'm going to go Lord Prism, Alakazam. I don't want to go Lord Prism, Alakazam, turn the tables, but that feels like the most obvious thing here, doesn't it? Whatever. I'm going to go Lord Prism Alakazam, here comes the sin. Sorry, Pete. Just not just not feeling it. The inner handicapper in me is telling me to put a long shot underneath. Well, you leave him off, but I'm going to put him as the winner. I think Turn the Ew. Tables gets it done, because he's been knocking on the door the last couple of grade ones. He's been in in the Malibu, and or what's it called? Malibu Beach is what it's called in the sim, not the Malibu. Um, and then... In the Pegasus Sprint, he was only behind by a half length, so I think he he'll get he'll finally get his uh his multiple grade one status. Um, second, I am going to put <clears throat> I'll put Alakazam in 
just for fun. And then, I don't know, I honestly think that Lord Prism's going to bounce, so I'm going to put, um, uh, I'll put Here Comes the Sin in as well. Here comes the sin. Okay. Okay. Okay, next up. Next up, we have the Saudi Turf Cup, mile and a quarter on the grass for $800,000. This field is small right now. There's only four, five horses in it. Three of them are millionaires, and then the other two are older steward breads. So our big ones are Manic, who is a $4 million earner. He won the Pegasus in year 56, was second in this race. Or, yep, second in this race last year. And... Um, was third in the desert. This guy always shows up, although the last two races he's run have been off-the-board performances. Um, I really like him at this distance. I really think he's a mile-and-a-quarter horse, um, which is a little bit shorter than the classic turf distance of a mile-and-a-half. So I really like him in here. We also have Nini's favorite horse, Yang Wenli. He obviously won the arc this year, or last year, sorry. was second in the Stewards Cup turf to with Drama, who's now retired. He prepped in South Africa um, to come into this race, won that at the same distance. Improvisational is also here. Currently, he hasn't won in three races. Last race was a great win was a grade three at a mile and an eighth. But he was third in the arc, second in the Rima Kinen, and second in the Pegasus turf. So obviously he's right there and a very quality animal. Then the other two are uh, Glen Escobar horses, both older steward breads. Best days are likely behind them. Um, Devil Box was ninth in the Pegasus turf, hasn't won since week nine of last year in the Queen's Memorial Stakes, which was a grade three. And Gabra has not won in the last 10, at least. I haven't clicked on him to see how far, how long it's been. Um, his last race was was in the Pegasus turf where he finished sixth. So for picks, I'm going to put uh, Improvisational on top. I also think I kind of a same thread, if you will, um, with last race. I think this guy's been knocking on the door. I think he gets a win. First win as a four-year-old. And yeah, that's what that's what I think with him. Second, I am going to put Yang Wenli. And third, Manic which I imagine will be very similar to your try. It is very similar. You are correct. Uh, I'm going to put Improvisational on top as well. Uh, I'm struggling to say his name correctly. Yang Wenli is my sentimental uh, favorite in this race, but I, I'm going to not pick him to win here, and I'll explain why in a second. In fact, I'm going to pick Manic over him to finish second, and I think he'll come in third. I think this because... It's funny because you'd think that a mile and a quarter would be the perfect distance for him, but he's four for five at a mile and a half. I think he prefers that. I think this is just a little bit too short for him. I think this is the perfect distance for improvisational and manic. Both, I think, are better, uh, quote unquote, shorter routers because I feel like a mile and a quarter is short for turf routers. Uh, I just think those two are more suited to the distance here. Uh, But I do think Yang Wenli will shine two weeks after this in Dubai. Nice. All right. Wow, we are moving. We only need two more, right? Two more, right? No, four more. Four more, what? Oh my gosh, never mind then. The dirt mile, <laughs> the, turf sprint, the turf mile, and the and the dirt route race, Saudi Cup. Wow, here I am thinking, like, wow, we're doing so good on time. Never mind. Uh, next up is the dirt mile that you said. 
the Saudi Dirt Mile. Two standouts in here are a graduate for Chris Bobby coming off of a minor upset in the Pegasus Dirt Mile two weeks ago. Uh, he won. Kentucky Storm was sort of nowhere, unfortunately, even though uh, we were both, I, or at least I was, I can't remember what you said, very confident in him in that race. Uh, Kentucky Storm not here. Not sure if he's going to enter this. Would make it more interesting if he did. Uh, Dubai Politics is also here after finishing third two weeks ago. Before that, she did win the Stewart's Cup Philly and Mare Dirt Mile. Nice Mare. Uh, Dubai Duty Free is here for Glenn Escobar. Has had a long career. Uh, coming off of a prep week one. Hasn't won uh, a grade one ever. Last graded stakes win was week 15 of last year against horses that are much lesser than these. Would need to run the race of his life to win. But he's been stacking up the cash, so that's okay. We've got another Glenn horse in here, Imperial Mandate. Uh, coming off of a fifth place finish in a listed stakes week two. Uh, Vengeance or Grief is here for Andrew James. This is a nice one who is kind of been knocking on the door. Won a grade one as a two-year-old, but after that has kind of underperformed. I think uh, for everybody's expectations after finishing fourth in the Stewart's Cafe Charity. Looking for a big one here after finishing a good fourth in the Pegasus Dirt Mile. And, of course, we have Jesuit for uh, number one degenerate Tim Matthews. Was a really good fifth in the Stewart's Cup Dirt Mile and then did not leave the horse trailer in the Pegasus Dirt Mile. So we'll see what version of him shows up. Yes, picks. I think Vengeance or Grief gets it together here. I don't know what it is. It's just a feeling. I think a lot of... He's, of course has also done the 16-2-4 thing that a lot of these, uh, a lot of the big horses do, but I think he's a little bit fresher, considering he didn't run so well week 16. He did run really well uh, week 2, so I think he builds off of that. Maybe he's a little bit better as a 4-year-old. I don't know. I'm going to take a chance with him here. I like to pick long shots here. I think Graduate uh, follows up the win with a solid uh, second after another upset, and Dubai Politics will round out my try. I was kind of thinking the same thing with Vengeance or Grief, but um, I ultimately settled on Dubai Politics just because um, Vengeance or Grief tends to be a horse that needs uh, to be very close to the pace. Um, um, Dubai Politics is a lot speedier than he is. She hasn't run a race below 90 since... Uh, week five of last year, and that was in a grade three where the quality just wasn't there. So, yeah, I think she'll be. I think she'll be the one to win this. And then I'm gonna put Graduate in second. Um, ran a great race last last race, but uh, I imagine him and and Dubai Politics are kind of gonna be going back and forth, depending if they meet up more often than not this year. And I guess third, I'll put Vengeance or Grief. So you think it will be grief and not vengeance? I think so. Unfortunate. Yes. Okay, we have three more left, Nini. Let's go. (laughs) Next up is the Saudi Turf Sprint. This one is a million dollars, going five furlongs over the turf. Um, We have four millionaires in here, starting with Do You Believe in Magic for Glenn Larson. Uh, This one's by Gentle Touch out of one of the breed or division foundation mares see you by that makes this one a half sibling to see you monday who is i guess like the top like by far and away the best store in, the best sire in uh, in uh, turf sprinting this guy won the los camp turf sprint as at the end of the last year and then won a grade three 
with a 94 in his prep for this race. Second is I Am Inevitable for Danny Derby, who I'd imagine he's not thrilled with this horse after the last three races. This horse was looking almost unbeatable. Um, Then he was second in the Chimbo, fourth in the Stewart's Cup Turf Sprint, which I know Danny was really not thrilled with, and then was third in the Pegasus Dash. This guy is still... He still earned 3.3, almost $3.4 million, so it's not like he's completely done. Um, but I do think he was a lot more of a precocious type sprinter. Uh, another millionaire in here is Princess Amelia for Glen Escobar. This one shocked pretty much everybody um, winning the Pegasus Turf Dash last out because who would know to pick a horse that was fifth in a listed stakes last out to win one of the biggest grade ones in turf sprinting? Um, Previous to uh, her losing that prep for the Pegasus, she had won two graded stakes uh, with 90s. And then the other big one in here is Talis for Laura Smith. He's also on a three-race losing streak, but uh, he's never he hasn't been off the board and has not run s- slower than a 90 in, since the Chimbo in year 55. The other ones in here, Mahler for Carol Hansen. Um, was fourth in the Pegasus Dash, which I think was a lot better of an effort from him uh, coming off of that 11th in the Stewart's Cup Turf Dash. Hasn't won since week 10 of last year. He won the Grade 1 Golden Carnival Stakes, so he'll need to really start picking it up if he wants to run with these big boys. Uh, Dylan Christensen, former host of the show, has a claimer in here, so, you know... That thing was... Oh, he entered in the Pegasus... Why are you entering this, Dylan? (laughs) Roast, roast, roast. (laughs) Public roast. It was eighth in the Pegasus. No menace was the running line. (laughs) None. Oh, no. Um, And then the the last one in here is the other Glen Escobar horse, uh, the Dark Jedi, who was fifth in the Pegasus. Yeah, fifth in in the Pegasus dash. Has not won since week 15 of year 55. That was in the listed stakes. So that's another one that's really going to have to run the race of his life. Uh, so for picks, I'm going to go with Talis. Um, I think he's been very close the last few starts. Um, ran a 95 in the Chimbo, 94 in the Turf Sprint, and the Pegasus Dash. Has been in front of I Am Inevitable the last two times, which is really the only reason why I'm picking him over I'm Inevitable, because I'm Inevitable is going to be second for me. And third, I'm going to go with the sentimental favorite of mine, Mahler, for Carol Hansen. Great. Uh, You raise a valid point about Talos finishing in front of I'm Inevitable in the last couple of races. I, however, am going to just disregard that piece of very solid uh, evidence pointing in his direction and say that I'm Inevitable gets back on top here. I don't know why. I think that just a feeling. This is a good horse. Uh, greatness doesn't just disappear, and I do think this horse is really great, and I think he'll get back on top here. I think the short field uh, really helps him. I'll pick him over Talos, who I believe will finish second, and I think Mahler will get up and round out the try. Alright, cool. We have basically the same picks, just flipped the exacta. Yes. Yes. Indeed. Flipping. I love flipping. I do that all the time. Okay. But you know what I don't do all the time? I don't always talk about the Saudi Turf Mile. We only do that once a year. I'm going to move past what, in my head, was a seamless transition and start talking about the horses now. Hempstead has got to be your favorite. Uh, 
10 for 11 lifetime. I did pick correctly. I did have it perfect last time, though. What did I say? I said Fight Town by just a little bit over Hempstead to ruin his perfect record. But I think Hempstead jumps back here. I think that doesn't take anything away from him as a horse. I think he's still far and away the best in his division. Just, you know, sometimes horses lose, even if they are the best. Uh, but most of the time, the best horses do win, and I think this falls into that most of the time category. I believe the rest of them here are running for second. If I'm uh, if I'm wrong, so be it. Uh, Dream Among Stars is also here for Glenn Larson. This is a good, good boy. Uh, old man, six-year-old, coming off of a fourth-place finish in the Pegasus Turf Mile before that won the Hong Kong Turf Mile. Was second a couple of years back in the Stewart's Cup Turf Mile and in the Dubai Millennium Mile. This is a quality animal. He's really good. And I like him a lot. The other millionaire here is Etched on My Heart, a filly for Jack Meyer. Uh, her last win was a while ago. It was week 56, week 6, so almost a full year ago, when she won a grade 1 over other uh, fillies. She did beat Lizzie Hale in that race. Uh, Lizzie Hale is a really fine, fine horse. But, you know, she hasn't done a whole lot to convince me that she can run with the best of the male division. Luckily for her, this is a short field, and all she needs to do is get past... Uh, either any two of these to hit the board. Others in here include forever emphasis on uh, the syllables in that word. Forever spelled as three words. Emphasis uh, for Rochelle Zahasi. This one is by Distant Dream. Pretty consistent horse, just has not really run with the best of them. This is, I think this is a really good spot for this one to kind of jump up and scope out to see if he can uh, be one of the top dogs this year. Last seen winning a grade two is a grade one winner, did win the Great White Plate last year in South Africa. And rounding it out is Good Guy Goes Bad, another one for Glenn Escobar, bred by the steward, was last of 10 in the Pegasus Turf Mile last out. Last victory came last year in week seven in the Australian 2000 Guinness. Yeah, that was his first race. He did not earn a check last out. Fun fact. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm going to go Hempstead, Dream Among Stars, and Forever will round out the try to me. Yeah, the exact same exact, but I'm going to put etched on my heart in third. I think because I think you're going to see three horses go for the lead. Um, and I think she's the one that'll be able to hold on. She's just she's way faster than the other two. Uh, personally, are you okay. right? I guess we'll find out soon. <laughs> well, now we're on to the last one. Oh, shoot. Really? Yep. Hot dang. <laughs> so this one, this field is the biggest field um, that's in the Saudi card this field is awesome to put it very simply we have one two three four five six seven millionaires um bunch of other stakes winners so i guess we'll just start with the first millionaire which is discover this horse was i believe third in the louisville derby back in year 55 i want to say i think so this one's this one's also a, a half to wolf guard who won the Pegasus and was also third in the Louisville Derby. Fun fact. Um, Discover um, also, he's kind of a horse where I don't think a mile and a quarter is his jam. He was last in the Stewart's Cup Classic. Um, but he's also weird because like he's won, he's a grade one winner at a mile and a quarter. Uh, so I don't really know. He might be a little bit confused. I don't know. He prepped an allowance for this and he won it. So that's, that's cool. Uh, Another millionaire in here, Galaxy's Edge for Danny Derby. This horse comes off the Pegasus victory. Also the Baltimore Crown winner from last year. Very, very nice nice horse. Very well bred. 
we also have Scepter of Power, who um, was the Stewards Cup juvenile winner back when he was a two-year-old. He's kind of been frustrating since then. He His last win in a race was in week seven. Had a barrier trial, which, was, which he won um, over two other horses. That was in week 11. Since then... He's been he's had two seconds and a third, which came last out in the elusive Pegasus handicap behind Come Tomorrow and Teddy KGB. We also have Spatula in here, who was fourth in the Pegasus after uh, him and Spachon kind of du- dueled for the lead, and they kind of rabbited each other. And the four, the aforementioned Spachon is next. She is defending, looking to defend her title in this race. She won this last year. Her last win came in the Long Island Handicap back in week 13. Vernon is also in here for Tim Matthews. I don't know if he's going to stay in here or if he'll go to the Dirt Mile. Um, but he was second in the Pegasus last out. Uh, Pegasus Dirt Mile. Hasn't run. Well, I guess he had... The, why, did, why did Tim run him at a mile and a quarter? <laughs> for funsies. <laughs> okay. For funsies. Okay. And then he also ran in the Spa Classic and the Louisville Classic. He was third in the Spa Classic and fifth in the Louisville Classic. Um, and then the other one that's in here is Witted for Cleopatra. This one was third in the Louisville Derby. Was kind of kind of came out of nowhere, I guess. He's he only had two starts before the Derby. Um, then was second in the Baltimore Crown. Uh, after he was fourth in the Midsummer Classic, he Cleo kind of hit the reset button on him, put him in a Grade Three. Um, which he won, and then he also won his prep for this race at a mile and a quarter for as the which was the World Cup preparation stakes. Other horses in here, as people see me for Keith Maidlow, won the Brilliance Finds a Way last out. This horse is pure speed, but he did show that he's a little bit more versatile than we thought he was because uh, he won the Pennsylvania Derby. I really like him at this distance, to be honest. Um, I really think uh, you know. You see he, that he got the lead in the Derby and in Baltimore, and he couldn't hold on for either of those, so I think that this distance is a lot better suited to him. I think he's undefeated at this distance. No, he's not. He lost the Arcadia Classic. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> but he's never never been off the board at this distance. Um, Eric Nalbone also s- sends out Electricity, who... what a, Philadelphia produced who? I can't remember. Mr. Wonderful, Schuylkill. Yeah, okay, so this one is bred to be going like a lot longer than a mile and an eighth, but is undefeated at a mile and an eighth. (laughs) So, you know, one of the, no, just kidding. He lost. Why do I keep doing this? (laughs) I don't know. For some reason, why do I think the elusive Pegasus is longer than it is? It's okay. Just take a deep breath. (laughs) (sighs) This is, you know what? I, I, once we're at the end of this, I'm going to explain to you why I'm rattled. Um, But yeah, this horse is, <laughs> He's um oh everything's fine. He was fifteenth in the Louisville Derby after he came in undefeated and was probably one of the better ones to come in because he had run on one hundred and people were kind of looking at him and yeah. But he's kind of been weird since then. Uh and then the last one we'll talk about is the big cap for Emily Mitchell. This one uh needs to be needs to run the race of his life, to be quite honest. Not doesn't have a stakes win. Is grade one stakes placed. Was third in the awesome derby um, last year behind Galaxy's Edge and California Adventure. But that's about it. And that's your field for the Saudi Cup. The field. 
So for me, I think Witted finally gets his signature win here. Um, even though I think he really likes a mile and a quarter, I think he likes a mile and an eighth too. Um, and I like his running style a lot more because I think there's a ton of speed in here. You have As People See Me, who's going to want the lead. You have Scepter of Power, who's going to want the lead. You have Spatula, who's going to want the lead. You have Spacehide, who's going to want the lead. Um, so I'll be looking for a horse to come off the pace. Uh, second, I'm going to go with As People See Me. I think that this distance suits him a lot better. Um, and we'll see if, if he can stick around for the end. And in third, I am going to put Spachan to hit the board in third. My try is almost exactly the same as yours. I also like Witted on top. I agree that he gets a signature win here. Really nice horse, lightly raced. Was Came real close to pulling off some huge wins as a three-year-old. The Long Island Classic was probably just a bit too long for him. And then was probably just unlucky in the Midsummer Classic. But here, I think, it, like you said, it sets up well for him. He's really good. He's got the class. He's He has all the tools. Now he just has to get it done. Uh, I'm going to flip Spaychan and As People See Me, though. I think Spaychan's class is going to get her to the wire second or even win. I would love that. Love this Philly popular one, fan favorite here. Uh, I think she gets there first over As People See Me. Debated throwing Vernon into the into the try as well, but, you know, you know, for like maximum chaos here. But I'm, I really like that top three. Nice. All right. Well, that's Saudi previewed. That's it. That's the that's the that's the 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 what you said the preview. All right, but I will tell you why <laughs> everything has been rattling me. Okay. So, um, what day? We're recording this on a Tuesday. Yes. So, so where I live, I live in Canada, obviously, and so they were forecasting ten centimeters of snow, which is I think like three, four inches. I want to say four inches, which is not unheard of here yeah we got 30 centimeters which is a foot of snow and then it just didn't stop so i am currently buried under like two feet of snow oh man meanwhile it's still 80 degrees here in texas i mean uh, let me you know i have google at my disposal i know you speak celsius 80 degrees to celsius it's about 20 26 yeah uh somewhere around there yes that is way too hot Oh yeah. November. Oh yeah. It was like 75 degrees on Christmas two years in a row where I live growing up. It was super fun. <sighs> yeah, weather. With those fun uh, weather stories, I guess we'll fail to think of a smooth transition to end the podcast and just say that we hope everyone is doing well and being safe. Continue to be safe. Uh, difficult times persist, but so do we. And everything will be great. And we have fake horses to distract us from whatever in life that may get rough. Mm-hmm. And next week we're going to be looking at, I guess that would be our Derby In-Depth podcast. <sighs> oh my gosh, that's crazy. It's already so close. I'm not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this year is moving pretty quick. Oh yeah, wild. Wild times, but fun times. All right. With that, we will depart. As we said before, continue to be safe and may all your horses have a good rest of your week, everybody. When I was a young boy, I was scared of the ghost beside my bed. The shapes, the sounds, and when I was a young boy, the fire and brimstone made me fear. 
something not right Like things are not just fiction Like there's something deep inside Spirit 